here's what I have in common with Nancy Gangatra's four-year-old son, Justin. I do not like the sound of the train. Justin, do you like the sound of the train? Mm-mm. I don't like it. It's so noisy. It's so noisy? So noisy. Whenever you open your windows, there it goes. Justin and his family live in a housing complex in Fremont, California, maybe a couple hundred feet from the train tracks. I met them on a Saturday morning when I knocked on their door to ask what it's like for them to live that close to the train. I asked because I live near the same train line, about 30 miles north. And here's what it sounds like at my place in the middle of the night. 3.45 a.m. to be exact. And here's what it sounds like just a few feet from Nancy and Justin's door. So noisy. It's so noisy. It's so noisy. Mm. I'm Casey Miner, and this is The Specialist. Today, we're meeting two people who figure out how loud is too loud to take. Jared McDaniel, um, acoustical consultant. Jordan Roberts, also an acoustics consultant. Acoustics consultants. In other words... Noise police. The noise police. They don't have badges, but they do have sound level meters, accelerometers, and a mission to wait for a train. There are a lot of laws about noise. Federal law says Americans are entitled to be free of noise that, quote, jeopardizes their health and welfare. In California, that means if you live near a busy street, an airport, or a train line, your house has to be built so that when you're inside, with doors and windows closed, the noise isn't excessive. Excessive is a noise level that averages out to be more than 45 decibels over the course of a day, which is about as loud as a normal conversation, quieter than a dishwasher running in the next room. To find out if noise is excessive, someone has to measure it. The noise police. He's got the vibration stuff. We're in Fremont, in the vacant lot next door to where Nancy Gangatra and her family live. The biggest things you need to know about this vacant lot are that the city wants to build new housing here and that it's very, very noisy. There's a busy four-lane road behind us, a backhoe doing road construction, the train, obviously, airplanes. Oh, and it's windy. Basically, it's pretty close to the worst possible conditions for recording a radio interview or having a conversation at all. And that's what it's going to be like for the people who eventually live here every single day. Exactly, and that's what you have to think about is that we could potentially be sitting in our backyard right now. All of what we're hearing right now you know, it's going to be part of their life. And so that's what we're trying to document and quantify. McDaniel and Roberts were already here a few days ago, and they measured the overall noise levels, the road, the trains, all of it. They do this by climbing up ladders and leaving microphones in trees to get a picture of how loud a place is on a normal day. The second thing they do, and the reason they're here today, is measure vibration, specifically ground-borne vibration caused by the train going by. Excessive vibration can be just as stressful as noise for buildings and for people. It disturbs sleep and, you know, building. It can, it can damage building materials and crack your walls and stuff. So that's what this is for, so we can tell them where they can and can't build their, their buildings. Do that. You didn't want to cover it too much because you didn't want to step on it. Yeah. 
To measure vibration, they're going to use a small instrument called an accelerometer that senses motion and acceleration. Once the accelerometers are buried, they connect them through cables to their recorders. It's just a recording device, much as what your same exact instruments you're using right here. He's pointing at my Marantz recorder, the one I'm taping them with. Not gonna lie, this makes me feel kind of awesome. So if you were just walking by, you'd see two guys in jeans in a field with a long cable attached to a small box standing really close to the train tracks and just waiting. I feel like if I just ran across this, it would have kind of a sinister quality, like it looks we like it might explode or something. I had some issues in the past where I was doing one and uh, a police officer came flying around the corner and somebody must have called him. He thought we were trying to blow up the train. The noise police had to explain themselves to the actual police. Altogether, it takes maybe 15 minutes to set up. Then, we wait. How close are we to train time? We should. I'm looking I at thought 10 clock. minutes ago. I thought 12:20 was in my mind. 12:30 was in my oh, mind. Okay. So I could. I, I thought it was 12:30ish. So we're looking. Oh wait, what did the schedule say? I think the free one. While we hang around, we talk about other projects they've worked on and why they do this work at all. There are lots of good reasons to protect people from noise. Sleep disturbance is a big thing, and poor sleep is linked to other health problems like heart disease and stroke. Living with noise makes people's stress levels spike. Over time, they can suffer hearing loss. A recent study in Sweden suggested that noise can even affect our weight. People who lived near freeways, airports, and train lines had more belly fat than those farther away. I actually think I increased my own risk of all these things by doing too much worrying about them wide awake in my loud room at 3.45 a.m. Noise can have bad effects on animals too, especially marine life. So a big part of what McDaniel and Roberts do is monitor underwater noise caused by building. They've monitored a Navy nuclear submarine project, a natural gas project in Alaska, and the construction of the new span of the San Francisco Bay Bridge. They usually go out in a boat and record with a hydrophone. That's a microphone you can use underwater. Sometimes I learned it also works outside of the water. Like when they dangled it off the new Bay Bridge and it started receiving radio signals. Somehow the cable made itself into an antenna, honest to God. We were trying to measure kind of ambient noise underwater, which typically sounds kind of like a gurgling sound, like river flowing or stream uh, bubbling, and uh, ended up hearing talk radio instead. It was kind of bizarre. Christian talk radio, to be exact through the hydrophone. The people who were protected from the fury of God were the ones who were sighing and crying over all the abominations. Usually, though, they skip the talk radio and actually listen to what's underwater. They go out in little boats or rafts and drop their mics near the construction equipment. Pile driving is the main offender here, pounding big steel poles into water to hold up bridges and docks. Here's what pile driving sounds like when you record it that way. Water muffles the sound, so as a human listening to this, it probably doesn't sound so bad, right? But to a fish, it's like the sound of firing a gun next to your head. In the Netherlands, researchers played recordings of pile driving for harbor porpoises in a pool. With nowhere else to go, the porpoises jumped out of the water to avoid the noise. When scientists at the University of Maryland exposed fish to similar sounds, they documented injuries ranging from organ damage to bleeding fins. Just like for people, there are laws about how much noise animals can be exposed to. And if it's going to be louder, whoever's in charge of the project has to mitigate it. 
My favorite solution to loud underwater noise is a thing called a bubble curtain. It's basically an underwater jacuzzi, a pipe or a set of pipes that encircles the steel pile and sends up a wall of bubbles around it to absorb the sound from the pile driver pounding it into the ground. It makes a wall of bubbles or a ring of bubbles around so the energy of the sound goes from water to air to water. Got that? The bubbles absorb the sound waves, so by the time they get beyond it, they're a lot less powerful kind of like the difference between the sound of an airplane taking off down the street and making a smoothie in your blender. A lot of the worst effects happen with exposure over time, so another way to ease the pressure on marine life is just to give them a break from the sound. If you exceed a certain level underwater, you have to stop for the day. Usually it's for the day. Um, So you're not that we are, like Jordan said, we're not the noise police, but we'll say, hey, you're over the limit, and then You know, they they shut themselves down and then start the next day. Noise police. I'm just saying. The noise police and I chat for so long that I almost forget to be on alert for the train. But then... It's go time. Okay, cool. We can split up the duties. Yeah. Yeah, I'll... Maybe if you could count number of cars, then I don't have to think about that. That was it. 10 seconds to measure and then all over. When I checked in with them later, they told me that even though the train was moving pretty fast, because it doesn't go by all that often, the people who build the housing won't actually have to do anything special to counteract the vibration. All that outdoor noise, though, is a big problem. It's louder than the city allows. McDaniel and Roberts recommended building sound-absorbing walls around the site, requiring indoor ventilation, and using highly soundproof windows, which people will need to keep closed. Part of what we do is, you know, we're saving the world or anything, but uh, sleep disturbance and people living a peaceful life is pretty important. So, you know, we do our little part. Hopefully make people's lives a little more comfortable in terms of, in terms of noise. Of course, that comfort comes at a price. Nancy Gangatra, who lives next door with her family, she told me that when she was pregnant with Justin's brother, the train would wake her up at night. Now, they keep the windows in their house closed at all times. Do you mind that, like having the windows closed? Uh, At times, yes. I miss having open windows. We have more of air purifiers, which is not the natural way. But yes, we do miss it at times. So, a confession. I actually don't keep my windows closed. That's part of why my noisy 3.45 a.m. bedroom is so noisy. I realize this makes my complaining my fault, but it gets really stuffy in there, and if it's too hot, it's hard to sleep. Anyway, since I don't want to close my windows and I can't wrap my bed in a bubble curtain, I decided to take the only remaining option and head for the pharmacy aisle at Target. So here we have two different kinds of Max earplugs for men and women. The women ones are bright pink. Earplugs. I have an ultra middle-of-the-night noise problem. I am going to buy the ultra man earplugs instead of the dream girl. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when I'm in my bed at 3.45 a.m., instead of sounding like this, 
it sounds like this. Not that I notice, because I can actually sleep through the night now. So one last thing. We talked about trains a lot in this episode, but the much bigger noise polluter is actually highways. You know those big walls on the sides of freeways? They're sound walls to block noise for the people on the other side. And the country's first one is still standing in Milpitas, California, just southeast of San Francisco on the side of the 680 freeway. For this, you may thank California transportation engineers John L. Beaton and Louis Bouget, who in 1968 wrote the report that got us that first sound wall. After spending some time listening to freeway noise, they wrote, quote, You do not have to be a noise expert to expect certain public reactions. I don't like it. It's so noisy. It's so noisy. The Specialist is a podcast about work you don't think about and the people who do it. This episode was edited by Julie Kane and sound designed and mixed by Seth Samuel, who also wrote all the music you heard. Off the 101 freeway in San Francisco is our radio home, KALW 91.7 FM. I am always looking for more specialists. Please email me at specialistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at The Specialist FM. You can also now subscribe in iTunes. Please do that. If you like what you hear, please leave a review. It helps us find new listeners and new listeners find us. I'm Casey Miner. Thanks for listening.